Welcome to Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicNPR.com. This is Elena DelVal, and my guest today is Luis Pagan, creator and author of LatinoPundit.com. Today, he will discuss Latino issues and how to market a Hispanic blog. LatinoPundit.com is a daily web blog that focuses on Latino issues. Luis says he flies under the banner, born out of underrepresentation, that mainstream media does not do enough to cover the Hispanic community. For almost three years, Lewis has scoured the Internet for events that affect the Hispanic community in America. He corrals this information on his blog for readers to learn and participate in the discussion by submitting comments. Lewis feels his readers benefit from getting information at his blog as opposed to traditional sources that may underrepresent the Latino community. He states that more Latinos should be involved in politics, national discussion, and in the local community which is reflected in his posts as he calls on people to action. This, he said, will prompt individual responsibility in society to help foster a better future for generations to come. According to Lewis, LatinoPundit.com's readership exceeds 2,000 visitors a day. Not bad for a non-commercial site, says Lewis, who believes his success is due to his opinion on events. People want to know what others think, especially those who are not afraid to say what they think. Well, we're looking forward to hearing what you think, Lewis. Welcome. Hey, thank you for having me. Tell us about the website, Lewis. How did it get started? Well, about three years ago, I noticed some news articles talking about blogs and how individuals would publish their thoughts in a format easily updated and easily uploaded to the Internet and easily accessible to readers across the nation. And what was unique about it was that uh, it gave the point of view of an individual versus a newspaper or other type of media company. And it gave the this individual the power of voice. And it also gave the readers the ability to comment and participate in what the, reader, what the author had to say. What I noticed was these web blogs, as they're called, or blogs for short, started cropping up all over the Internet. And in my search for a Hispanic or a Latino web blog, I found next to none. I might have found one or two. So, therefore, I decided to create one and give a voice or give an individual voice to the Latino community. So what kind of voice is this? It's a nonpartisan voice. Um, I do not affiliate with any party. I do not concentrate on a particular point of view. Rather, my goal and my goal is to give a viewpoint of all Latinos, all Hispanics in the United States, and give them give them a viewpoint, give them a view, no matter what their view might be, how controversial or at whatever end of the poll it may be, either if they're Republican or Democratic, if they're anti-immigrant or pro-immigrant or anti-labor or pro-labor and such and so forth. How did the idea of being nonpartisan come up? Was that always part of the plan? Well, that was always part of the plan. What I... 
even though it's my website and my voice goes into it, I don't want to be a Hispanic voice, a one-stop shop for a Hispanic voice. And being that I acknowledge that I am an individual and I do have my own viewpoints and my own opinions that may not or may reflect everybody. And I know as being an individual, I might not reflect everybody. And from my comments, the, the reader's comments, I understand that I am not reflecting everybody's viewpoint. And if this is going to be a blog or a website about the Hispanic view and not Louis Pagan's view, then I must incorporate everybody's view, no matter how controversial. And sometimes it's hard to post uh, opinions or stories that I might not agree with. And the, uh, the hard part in that is when I post those kind of stories and that kind of content, people associate that viewpoint with me and my viewpoint, which it might not. And my only goal here is to give a more round viewpoint of the Hispanic market, because if we're going to understand each other and have other people understand each other, then we have to have some kind of meeting ground, some kind of open forum where everybody can have a chance to give their viewpoint. So, yes, that was part of the plan from, I would say that would be a plan that developed within a few months of the blog as I came to understand uh, the market itself. Is this meant to be a political blog? In, in truth, it grew into being a political blog. However, I do touch upon issues in Latin America. I do touch upon issues in business, in marketing, in education. But the more I look at those issues, the more I see them lean and race up to politics. Because after all, politics defines and gives us rules for how we do everything, from how you correct the streets to the business rules to get the product down in the market and what you're buying. I mean, politics is everything, and I think that was something that developed as I blogged. I did not, I was not a political blogger in the beginning. Uh, I would say about 75% of what I blog is politics, because it's such, it has such an important impact in our lives. How do you decide what you include and what you leave out? That's a good question. And... To this day, I still don't have an answer for that. Uh, what I post is what's interesting to me or what is, or what I see as interesting to everybody else. And I decide that by what stories are being covered in the media and what stories are given attention by mainstream media. Uh, other stories that I feel that are important to me or interesting to me um, I post, and by the reader's comments or by the way that I look at the site, that I, the way that I rate the site, the way that the, how the site is rated is, is according to how many hits each post gets, and I know if, if, the, if I hit the mark or if I miss the mark, sometimes I may post something that I might think is the most interesting thing in the, thing in the world, and I find out nobody's reading it, and sometimes that could be a little frustrating, but it's 
comes with the territory. It's a hit or miss process most of the time. You talked about mainstream media and its coverage. How do you identify what mainstream media are covering? Because, of course, mainstream media is a really represents a very large group. I don't understand the question. Can you rephrase that? Sure. How do you, you – you start out by looking at what is being covered by mainstream media on a big scale, correct? Correct. How – how do you do that? Do you pick up your newspaper in the morning? Do you go online? What's your starting point, in other words? Oh, I have a number of ways of getting information. I look at on, online magazines, uh, online magazines that have Hispanic content or Latino content. I look at Hispanic newspapers online. I, I don't read print anymore. I'm about 95% news source, I guess, from the Internet. Um, I look for news sources all over the Internet. I do searches on Google News for keywords such as Latino or immigration. I also look on uh, at forums, like uh, is a site, Hispanic Business. They have a big forum, and I see look at what people are discussing. Uh, other times I just read the newspaper and I say to myself, well, this is a very interesting story. There are some stories that are not. The hardest part about a story sometimes is making it fit into the concept of the website. There are stories such as something about Microsoft. And at first glance, it has nothing to do with the Hispanic market. But then again, if you think about it, everybody has, well, not everybody, but most households have a computer. Most households have online access. And maybe 10%, 25% of that, those people are Latino behind that keyboard. And guess what? That story about Microsoft does affect us in a certain way. And that's a work, work in progress and in my mind, how to mold a story and have Hispanics see it, see the stories that do not apparently seem Hispanic, but to read into it and to get them interested in what's going on in the nation, what's going on with other stories, because they do affect us. Uh, the war in Iraq, it doesn't fly under the banner of Latino-Hispanic, but there are a lot of Latinos and Hispanics out there in Iraq fighting. Do you also receive information in the form of press releases, or do people contact you to get their information on your blog? or a comment on something that they're working on? Yeah, I'm lucky to have a few readers who submit their work. Uh, some of them are, some of them submit stories, say, hey, maybe you should cover this story, or hey, you missed this, or I don't believe you uh, missed this story. I get those every now and then. And there's other more involved readers, I would, well, I shouldn't say more involved, but uh, other readers out there who might write an article or might write a, a piece and say, hey, can you publish this? I just wrote this. Or can you publish this on the other site? Somebody wrote this, and you can publish this from my site. And there's a, there's a collaboration between me and other sites, some other blogs, some other online magazines, and, and readers who inform me or sometimes watch my back and tell me what, uh, what stories I should and should not be covering sort, sort of like sort of like 
keeping my fingers to the pulse of the Internet. They, they, they keep my hand there. For somebody or for those who are listening to us who might be interested in proposing ideas or submitting articles, how should they go about that and what kind of information would you like to receive? Information I would like to receive is uh, what they feel I am not covering or what should be covered and why. Um, information that may be more important one day as opposed to not another day or uh, may be important one, one day in the future that is not important right now. Um, other information may that would be beneficial would be information about upcoming and emerging technologies. And yes, I also receive a couple of web web releases, which uh, makes the job easier because it comes to me right in email format, and I don't have to go out and search for it. Uh, the easiest way is to contact me at pagan at latinopundit.com shoot me an email, and I answer, say, I answer 99% of emails as long as it's not spam. And that's P-A-G-A-N at latinopundit.com? Yes. Are there any topics that you're not interested in hearing about? That's a good question. Um, topics that directly deal with Latinos Hispanics, uh, such as uh, any civic, civic or local politics that might affect an area, uh, national politics or uh, Latin American politics that might affect U.S. politics that might uh, that might come in contact with any U.S. policies. Not not really interested in everything that has to do with business or everything that has to do with economics. I, I try to focus more on what affects Latinos in, in the U.S. You mentioned that you also partner or work with other Latino blogs. Would you share a little bit about that? Um, yes. Recently, I corralled as many blogs that are out there, such as mine. In the beginning, there was not many. There was maybe two or three, including mine. Uh, there was one other, which I forget the name, that touched on some Hispanic issues, but it, it wasn't personalized. It more or less regurgitated news from other sources. And I wasn't looking for that. I was looking to give a more personal opinion and personal touch to news and issues. So two and a half years later, there are much more, many more sites out there like mine who are covering Hispanic issues. Uh, what I recently did was I contacted a few people via email, phone call. I talked to a few people in California, in Nebraska, and New England, wherever they may be, because we have a common goal, and that is to give our input to news and what's happening. Uh, what I recently did, with them, which I'm proud of, is I created a uh, with a I created a, a Latino Hispanic blog marketing unity. Uh, my what that means is myself and a few other sites are gathered together 
under a, uh, a Hispanic marketing brand through uh, a company called Blog Ads, who, what they mainly do with their purposes is to get advertisers for your site and place those advertisements on your site. So they have individual blog sites and they also categorize sites such as uh, New York City blogs and there will be some 20 some sites under that or progressive blogs, Democrat blogs, uh, Republican blogs, business marketing blogs, and such and so forth. So what I noticed again, there was no Hispanic Latino blog category so I contacted them, they gave me a slot and I started contacting all these other blogs, say, hey, you want to do this? You know, we, we do this out of our free time. It costs us some money, some of us, and we can get more advertisers to reach these readers and cover our costs at the same time. So I'm kind of, I'm, I'm proud of that, and that's still a work in progress. Uh, sometime around the uh, political campaigns, when they kick in, we should do very good as those campaigns tend to search for Hispanic voters. You mentioned ads and expenses. Is this a money-making venture for you? Do you generate revenue from latinopundit.com? I generate some revenue, nothing to, nothing to brag about. I cover my costs most, most definitely. Um, I never started this out to make money. Um, However, there are, there is a big potential in blogs to make money. As you read the news, there's been blogs that have been sold for hundreds of thousands of dollars. There's bloggers out there making six-figure income. So there is a market for that. Personally, I've always liked to write, and this has, and I'm very opinionated. So this blog forum has given me a channel to channel those that creative side of me. Um, there are others who I know who do Hispanic blogs who look to make money, and they make some money, and that's good for them. Who are your readers, Louis? My Most of my readers are from the West Coast. Most of my readers are mid-late 20s and up. I, I believe most of my... I, I still have to do a poll, but I believe most of my readers are Hispanic. I know there are non-Hispanics who read my site because I get their comments. Either they're from other blogs, and I get their comments, and it links to their page, and I can see who they are. Um, sometimes people email me, and they tell me what and who they are, and they're non either non-Hispanic or Hispanic, and that's all well and fine. It sounds like you're, you're dedicating a lot of time to this, but obviously you have a full-time job. Is that right? Yes, I have a full-time job. I, I work as a network engineer. I've worked as a network engineer for about six years now, and this I do in my spare time. What's a network engineer? I, I take care of servers in the back end. I take care of... Uh, more in the back-end processes of a company. Setting up a blog was relatively easy for you from a technological point of view. Yes, it was. And for anybody else, it's very easy. They have a number of sites who do it. Um, there's bloggers.com. Microsoft has 
uh, I think MSN.net has a blog format. Uh, AOL now has something called, I'm not sure what they're called, but AOL has something also. Somebody like me who became very serious about blogs, and, and not to say that all blogs who haven't done this are not serious, but what I did was I regist went and registered a name, latinopundit.com, because I first started out over at blogger.com for a couple of names and for a couple of months, and I knew this was something that I really wanted to pursue. So I went ahead and registered the, the name of the site, which is Latino Pundit. I went ahead and bought some service space so I could uh, have my own space out on the Internet, and uh, it broke me free from the confines of any other provider, such as blogger.com, because there's some certain limitations that you can do. And now that I have my own website and my own website that I can call mine, there is nothing or nobody who could tell me that I cannot do or can do something. So how does an engineer, a network, um, tell me what was the title was again? Network engineer. How does a network engineer decide to go online and talk about politics? Well, you know, everybody has a day job. When we go home, um, we, I feel, at least with me and at least with everybody else I talk with, there are many people who go home and they forget about their job. And maybe they have a garden at home. Maybe they watch sports on TV. Maybe they go read a book, go watch movies. Uh, I'm a very big believer in hobbies. One of my hobbies is keep being informed of politics, keeping informed of business and marketing and what's going on in the world. I've always had an opinion about something, so this is very personal to me. It comes out of my personality of what I've always done. So once I've seen the blog and blog format, it was a natural fit. How much time do you spend a day or a week on the blog? Well, I would say about four or five hours a day. My goodness. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, I would average, for the past two years, I would average about four or five times, four or five hours a day. That would include thinking of, that would include stepping away from the computer and thinking about what you're doing. Because they're, just like anything else, you have to plan. So, I might spend an hour or two a day just thinking about what I'm doing or what I need to do or what I'm not doing. There's an hour in the morning, if half hour in the afternoon, hour or two at night. Now, I cannot keep that up all the time, being that I have a full-time job and I also have a personal life. So sometimes it might be two hours a day. Sometimes it might be one hour a day. Do you have political ambitions? Are you planning on running for office? I've been asked that question a lot of times. I am not too sure yet. I will not... I will not discount it. I won't discredit it, but I don't know. It's a maybe. So we should be looking for Lewis running for office. What what state are you in, Lewis? What, I'm in New York. Oh, so maybe we'll see a Lewis Pagan campaign uh, poster in the future. It's possible. Anything's possible. Okay, so you've you've got the website. You obviously have a lot of interest. Two thousand uh, impressions a day. How many comments do you get? Are people very interested? Are they always commenting? Does it depend on the topic? 
there's once in a while I get a commenter who I never seen before and I will never see again and there are some commenters who somebody commented this last week who I haven't seen comment in the past I don't know, the past year. What they were doing between then and now. I don't know, I assume they were still reading and not commenting. Not everybody does participate. A lot of people like to read. I have some commenters who comment all the time. And I have commenters who comment more often than I would like them to comment, but that's just goes with the territory. Do you have a journalism background? No, I don't. So you just decided to do it? and just decided to do it. And, I mean, in the beginning, I really stunk at it. I didn't know what I was doing. For the first couple of months, for the first maybe half year, I really didn't know what I was doing. And then after that, I thought I knew what I was doing. Uh, and that went on for maybe about a year or so. And I, I think just recently I, I, I'm starting to see my own voice in my blog, my own personality. And that made me to the impression that I think I know what I'm doing. But I see it's a growth process because I might think I'm better than I really am, and I still might think. So it is a growth process. Process. You you write, you exercise the uh, writing muse, and you get better as time goes on. Do you try to present both sides of the argument? I try. So, for example, I noticed that recently you had, uh, I think this was something that you posted about the Volkswagen campaign. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, the Volkswagen campaign. The, uh, I believe their catchphrase was Turbo Con Conjones. And I guess a little translation of that is Turbo with Balls. But in, in America, every well, at least I would think, Everybody understands that is turbo with attitude or turbo with power, or attitude would be more appropriate. Um, I think my post addressed that in two words, and that, or three words, and that was, no, two words. It was sensitive Latinos. That's my opinion. To me, the uh, advertisement was, it's, it's great. It's, it's marketing after the young generation, and the young generation, at least I would believe, understands what verbal con cojones means. And there was a, a, uh, a challenge to that, and now Volk's a challenge to that by some organizations who I, I forget who they are. And Volkswagen is, I believe they're going to rethink their ad campaign. Now, when I say that the blog is open to all points of view, I have a com I have a comment section there, and that is the reader's turn to give their opinion of what the story means. Did you think that the campaign was offensive, Lewis? I'm not sure I understand. Or, or did you think the campaign was okay and people were too sensitive? I like the campaign. I like the campaign. I thought it was. I thought it was great. I I feel. People were overreacting. So you didn't think that the word itself was offensive, that it was taken out of context? No, correct. 
what about this little photo that you have on on the blog? You have a little boy standing. I think is that in front of the White House? That's in front of the White House. Yeah, the little I posted that Friday, I believe. Do you remember what it says? It says uh, Bush. Bush es un cabrón. Do you want to translate that for our English-speaking audience? Uh, how how can you translate that? <laughs> um, that that picture I actually thought twice of posting because a little kid would never say would never say that. It's a strong um, word. Yes, it is. I really thought twice about posting that. Um, but then again, there are people out, because I don't want to be associated with that. I would never put a kid with a sign doing that. But that's me. And obviously, there are other people who do not think that. Where did the photo come from? It actually, some, actually, it came from another blog who, if you click the photo, I link to it. Another blog, the author of that blog emailed me the photo and actually um, was asking me if I can locate where that photo came from. And it came from some other forum, and the exact source of the photo was nowhere else to be found on the Internet, at least at the time when I looked. I I believe that photo came uh, uh, in front of the White House um, in regard to uh, Bush and Venezuela, but I am not sure about that. Or maybe it had something to do with um, the recent immigration bill debates that are going on. The reason I posted it, posted that picture was to give a sense or of the discontent that a lot of Hispanics have that who are here in this country. And you may, and this is the whole point of the blog, you may as well never see that picture in the media in a newspaper or on a news site. And that's the strength of the blog. It will post something that you will never see or may never see. Are you hoping to make a change and to impact public opinion with some of the postings so that, for example, someone like Volkswagen pulls their ads? Although I I remember you said you didn't find the campaign offensive, but just as an example. I guess the main gist of it, the main purpose of it, is to have people walk around and pop a question mark on top of their head, have them walk around the streets with an exclamation mark, pop a cross on top of their head, rather than having no opinion or not seeing certain things that are going on. Um, One of my main goals is to motivate younger Latinos do you work closely with the other blogs to share information? How does that work? No, right now it's on an individual basis. And um, recently, I actually went to a uh, meeting recently, a progressive blog meeting recently, and that rechanneled and restrengthened my goals. And one of the things came out of that is I started uh, through a through a website called meetup.org or meetup.com. They hold little meetings all over the nation from 
interests such as chess to basketball to politics to programming. Uh, I started a New York bloggers meetup group, and it gives a chance for bloggers in New York from any blogging background, be it, a, be it about plants or politics or whatever, it gives a chance for bloggers to come together and talk about issues and talk about bloggers in general. And I, I have more plans to directly work with other Hispanic blogs aside, aside from the blog mar marketing um, network that I created. And uh, I have plans to cover issues in tangent with them. It's, it's a work in progress because uh, blogs today, in the format they are in now, five years from now, they might not be in the same format. If we're really serious about this, if we want to grow with, and go with the direction that blogs are going, we're going to have to change a little bit. That's what I plan to do. So you think that technology is going to be different in five years? Yes. Uh, as simple as blogging is, uh, there's already a... Uh, video blogging and photo blogging, which in the beginning, I think two years ago, they didn't have. Um, this right now, this format, what we're having right now, podcasting, it's fairly new and it's fairly being developed. Who's to know five years from now uh, if blogging, the way we're familiar with it now, if it's not going to change and develop? What else are you doing in terms of marketing, or what else have you done, and what else are you planning on doing? You talked about partnering with other Hispanic blogs. How did you reach a viewership or a visitor count of 2,000 per day? That's a very nice number. I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who would like to have similar numbers. It's a nice number, and as with everything, I'm still not satisfied with that number. I'm told by readers I could have a readership of 2,000 visitors an hour, a million visitors a month, and those goals are just fine. I'm, hey, I'm up for it. Um, How did you get here? I did a little bit of everything. I, I emailed people. I contacted people that I saw on other forums. I posted my blog on other established and some non-established forums. Um, I started contacting other bloggers who had a uh, readership. What a lot of bloggers like to do is they like, there's something called, uh, there's many names for it, it's called blog rolling. And on your blog roll, you have a list of other bloggers who have a list of other bloggers and who have a list of other bloggers. So what bloggers like to do is they like to link to each other. That's one way of creating traffic. Another way is to submit stories or link link of another blogger's post within your blog. That creates traffic for somebody else. But that's fine because uh, it's a good deed in the blog world when you link to a post another blogger has done because that blogger sees that, then that blogger might link a link on his site your site and readers from that site can find you and if they like you they'll stick with you other ways of doing it is through forms like I said through email there, there are other ways I have business cards printed up with my blog name 
my email address and my um, website when I go to meetings and uh, social events or networking events. I give out my card, just, just like any other business. Um, sometimes bloggers, what a lot of bloggers do is they forget that blogging and advertising, it still falls under the same rules of advertising. So, you know, print up a business card, and when you go out and meet somebody, hand them a blog, uh, your business card, or word of mouth, talk about your blog. Those are... Those are the tools of marketing your blog, but the, the main thing about the blog is you have to have to market. You have to talk about something. You might have to you have, might have to stick to a certain subject. If you have a technology blog, you stick to technology. Um, an Apple blog, you stick to Apple. Some blogs blog about many things, and that is their market, to blog about everything, and that's fine. You should also care about what you write and how you write. A good writer will always find a market. Do you have an email list? Do you email your readers? No, I'm I'm quite lazy by nature. <laughs> so whatever makes something easier for me, I don't do. I have I have been thinking about making an email list up because I have been asked, but since it makes an extra step for me, that's the only reason I haven't done it. I to this day I wonder how effective it is. Maybe one day I'll try it. So people just have you on their list of favorites. How do they find you? Oh, a new thing. Okay. People find me in three ways. Well, four ways. Either the link from another site, be it be it an interview site or another blog. They'll find me via a link. Or they'll find me through uh, Google. I'm now on the second page of Google for keyword Latino, whereas a year ago I was on page 15, which is a pretty good deal. People visit me by just typing in my blog name in order to direct visit or through their favorites that they have saved me. A new thing now, a new technology is uh, RSS feeds, which a lot of people have heard. RSS feeds go out to a site that are compatible with the technology, and it captures the title and maybe a first few sentence of the post. And if you're interested in that certain title or that certain topic, click a button and it gives you the whole post in its entirety. The strength in that is you could have 100 sites and essentially visit 100 sites in a fraction of a time through the RSS program or RSS technology as opposed to the old way of visiting the 100 sites one side at a time and actually going out to each and every home page. So other sites have your RSS feed on their yes, sites? Yes, do a lot of sites, yes. And how did you accomplish that? How did you get them to take your RSS feed and put it on their websites? They actually did it themselves. Um, I have an RSS index page where, it's, uh, where the RSS program goes out and collects the information from my page, and all somebody has to do is take my RSS address from my website and either post it into their website or post it into their RSS reader, and voila, my site and its feed comes up either on the, on the reader or it comes up on somebody else's website. 
uh, there's a few sites that have incorporated my site into their site, and I'm essentially a news feed within their site. Excellent. What What's next? What are you looking forward to doing? What are your amb ambitious goals have in store for the future? I am actually looking. It's funny because the very thing that I am running away from, which is media or uh, corporate media, is the very thing I, it looks like I'm running towards because I would. I have plans to maybe, maybe there will be a, uh, Hispanic online magazine that I have been fancying about for the past couple of months um, through a collaboration with other sites who do the same exact thing what I do. So it's kind of ironic. Tell us a little bit more about that. This would be an online magazine. Oh, an online magazine. Um, an online Hispanic magazine. There's plenty of them out there. And, of course, this one would have to have a certain a certain niche or a certain voice to make it unique from the other one. I guess if it, when it gets started, the good thing about it is this magazine came from a blogger, which that's that's a heads up right there. That's a uh, that's a big wow, so to speak. It will be a magazine of political bloggers. Political marketing, all things Hispanic, and. You know what's funny is the more thing, the more I think about Hispanic. I mean, the first time I blogged, I came up with the phrase "born out of underrepresentation." That was because the market wasn't being covered in certain areas. And now that I think about it, the more and more Hispanics that are going to be in America, that catchphrase is or may no longer be true. The more and more people um, integrate into American culture, either something's going to give, either the Hispanic, targeting Hispanic market is going to be the same as targeting the mainstream market. And it's very interesting how that's going to turn out to play as Latinos get older in America. And what I mean by older is third, fourth generation Latinos. Can you market them the same as the first generation, generation Latino? And also with that is as more numbers, more Hispanic demographic population increases, will the news media become more sensitive to our issues now? So it will be very interesting to see how things play out in the next five, ten years. Well, Louis, thank you for joining us. And to our audience, thank you for listening to today's interview with Louis Pagan, creator and author of LatinoPundit.com, brought to you by Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicNPR.com, providing you essential information on America's largest minority. <laughs>